0: Coach, Beth Ann.
2: And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. Let's start out by going to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, O gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings of family and friends, for the noise and the laughter and, yes, even the tears that life brings, for allowing us the gift of watching our children grow for our homes, and even for our troubles that bring our hearts closer to you as we humble ourselves and know you are all that matters, Allah Father, and we love you so. For the times such as these that try men's souls, how grieved you must be with your children below. Sin has broken our relationship with you. Forgiveness will draw us back again unto you. We praise you today with thanksgiving, and ask that you hear our prayers, that you know our hearts, O oh God. Only you know our hearts. I beg your play. To, I beg you to place your hedge of protection around your children, and especially those who are trying to restore American Americans back to you. Your arms are always open wide. Let us run to you now. Hold back the evil one, Father, please. And for such a time as this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's always a morning after, isn't there? How many bags of trash did you take to the curb the morning after Christmas, this morning? Do you have lots of leftovers? Enough to last the week, perhaps? Did you run out of the dip for your chips? Always do that on my plate. It's just never right. It's never right. You gotta go get more dip or more chips. Has the icing on those sugar cookies done slid off the bells and the trees? Did you have a, do you have a sugar hangover? No, I'm not talking about your belly, but the rush that the icky feeling that the sugar brings you, especially if you're not accustomed to eating sugar. Are you beginning your list for the next holiday, New Year's? Are you starting your New Year's resolution list? December 26th should be the easiest, next to, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, the easiest day to start a diet as you're still full from yesterday. Or are you right now, this very minute, standing in the gift return line? Or perhaps, perhaps. You're taking all the cash gifts you receive to the bank. If you are doing that, make sure you set aside enough of that Christmas money for our Uncle Sam. As all those nieces and nephews of his in D.C. just passed another omnibus scam to the tune of $1.7 trillion. Nothing for you, America. But we will be the ones footing the bill. So when all those credit card bills start showing up from the joy you brought and wrapped up for Christmas for the ones you loved, remember the D.C. occupiers. Oh, not fondly. But remember them as the scammers, bigger than all. They make that FTX Ponzi scheme guy, Sam Bankman Fried. I know they say freed, but I think he's fried. Look like amateur hour. Child's play next to Congress. This guy's scam was like a kid next to them. He's like a kid overcharging you at the lemonade stand and telling you you have to bring your own cup and ice. But alas, here in America, we move on. We jump right on into the next holiday. So with that, I say, happy Boxing Day. I can't believe this holiday hasn't been canceled by the woke folk. It is obviously a white, privileged holiday, and it must, must go. I don't know if you know what Boxing Day is. I didn't know what I thought Boxing Day, I remember. If if you've listened to my show or you listened to Derry Brownfield, you remember the name G.B. Oliver. Well, G.B. Oliver used to brag that he did boxing when he was in high school. I don't know. He did some boxing somewhere along the line. Maybe it's just bar brawls. I don't know. So when it came to Boxing Day on the 26th, I sent him one time a Happy Boxing Day email. I just sent it to an email. Hey, he didn't have a clue what I was saying. You know, I didn't either, because I thought that's what Boxing Day was, but I don't guess they have a national boxing day of that kind, of the athletics. But Boxing Day in Great Britain and some Commonwealth countries, particularly Australia, Canada, and New Zealand, it's a holiday. Then December 26th, On which servants, (laughs) tradespeople, and poor traditionally are presented with gifts. By the 21st century, it had become a day associated with shopping and sporting events. Boxing Day is celebrated on Monday, December 26th in 2022. But the explanation of the origin of the name has varied with some believing it is derived from the opening of the alms boxes that had been placed in churches for the collections and donations to the aid, the poor. Others, however, have held that it came from the boxes of gifts given to employees on the day after Christmas. According to this theory, because the work of the servants was required for the Christmas Day celebrations for their employers, they were allowed the following day, for their own observance of the holiday. The practice of giving bonuses to service employees has continued, although it is now often done before rather than after Christmas Day. So, Boxing Day was when the less significant, <laughs> the poor, not the elite, could celebrate their Christmas. And they would give them, maybe they re-gifted, they would give them their gifts After they were done serving them on Christmas Day. So this is one I'm thinking maybe the woke haven't figured this one out yet. Or maybe they have. Maybe they're the elite. I don't know. But I was talking about Boxing Day at uh, a Christmas celebration a couple of weeks back with my son and daughter-in-law. And I said that I'm going to talk about that um, the day after Christmas. And they said, well, naming one of their children, she needs to have Boxing Day. And they were considerate, boxing up the old stuff and getting rid of it. So maybe that's what Boxing Day has become in America. I don't know why you'd go out and buy gifts. I understand you exchange. And the exchanging of gifts that went on in this article said that that's why it's a shopping day. Because they know when you come to exchange your gift or return your gift, you're going to buy something else. Well, I'm not sure what will happen this year because things are getting tough. They're getting tough for everybody. But Boxing Day, Happy Boxing Day. And I'm pretty sure you're not going to present your servants with a present today. (laughs) Surely you gave them the day off, but you know, we do that here. You know, we, uh, the grocery stores or the restaurants might close early or not be open on Christmas Day. Or are they? If they are open, then you take advantage of them, and they do deserve a day off, and they'll give you another day off. Some of these, some industries, like factories that my daddy worked at, Owens Corning Fiberglass, well, it cost more for them to shut down the plant than it did to pay them triple time on holidays. Daddy worked, and he got triple time on holidays, and with five children, he needed triple time. (laughs) And they didn't flourish us with gifts, but... There was five of us, and I was easy to get along with. But my brothers, they ate a lot. (laughs) You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Boxing Day. And last week, we talked about the 12 days of Christmas. So we're going to talk about that because now we are into it. Today is the second day of Christmas. So what does that mean? Maybe you know. I never did. I never knew anything other than the silly little song which I've done a spoof on that before, which was really funny. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. Every turn, you're listening to CSC Talk Radio. Well, the Twelve Days of Christmas was a thing back in the day, and it was something I didn't really know about. I think it's um, I'm Protestant. I'm, I'm Southern Baptist right now, but it's uh, I grew up in a Methodist. Well, actually, I was I uh, was dedicated at a Baptist church. It's Woke Park Baptist Church, in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, then when we moved, we I uh, attended the Methodist church, which was across the street. We could just walk to the church. And then I got married, and we uh, joined a Baptist church again. But I think this is mostly um, a Catholic thing, but I think it's worth sharing with you because I think we should observe these days. We should stop and think about it. We should at least do that. And I know that the Methodists do some of this um, from my sister who has attended the Methodist Church most of her life. So Christmas Day is actually when it starts, the day that we celebrate the birth of Christ And the second day of Christmas is Boxing Day and is also known as St. Stephen's Day in countries outside the UK. It is the day of the Christian martyr, St. Stephen, if you remember. Stephen was the man who stood up and then they stoned him to death. The third day after Christmas, or the third day of Christmas, they call these the third of Christmas, is St. John the Apostle who wrote the book of Revelation. And that's when we celebrate St. John the Apostle. The fourth day of Christmas is the Feast of the Holy Innocents, the day when people remember all of the baby boys who were killed by King Herod in his search to kill baby Jesus. The fifth day of Christmas is it's not five golden rings, but it is the day remembering St. Thomas Beckett, And he was the Archbishop of Canterbury in the 12th century and was killed in December of 1170 for challenging the king's authority over the church. The sixth day of Christmas remembers St. Egwin of Worcester, who died in December of 717. Now, that was a long time ago. He was known as the protector of orphans and widows. The seventh day of Christmas, which is New Year's Eve, celebrates Pope Sylvester I. In some Eastern European countries, New Year's Eve is still known as Sylvester. The eighth day of Christmas is New Year's Day, and that celebrates Mary, the mother of Jesus. The ninth day of Christmas honors St. Basil, the great, and St. Gregory Nazianzen, I don't know if I said that right, I apologize, two important fourth century Christians. The tenth day of Christmas is the feast of the holy name of Jesus, and this marks the day Jesus was named in the Jewish temple. Now, if you remember, he was a few days old when they did that. And they have to be, I think, too, for their circumcision, I believe. The 11th day of Christmas celebrates the feast of St. Simeon Stylites, who spent 37 years living on a small platform on top of a pillar in Alpel, Alpel, Alipo, excuse me. And the 12th day of Christmas, which is January the 5th, is also known as the Epiphany Eve. It's the day before January 6th, which is known as the Epiphany. So, It's not about the drummers, it's not about the pipers piping, or the lords a-leaping, or the ladies dancing. Or five golden rings, which was always my favorite. It's not about the collie birds, or the French hens. It's about remembering the Christmas story. It's about remembering the things that have marked the history of Christianity. Now, just to go back on a lighter side... I, I used to sing quite a bit. I was in a group that I had kind of put together, a little gospel group. And then there was three of us that sang, uh, another a woman and, uh, a man. And we were a trio. And we presented this one time to one of the clubs here in town that wanted us to come sing. And we, it was Christmas time. It was their Christmas dinner. And so we picked this one out. We did traditional Christmas and some Christian Christmas music. But we did this one, and we hammed it up, or Beth hammed it up quite a bit in it. And it's the it's done as classical music. Uh, your mother loves classical music. She might have liked this the way we did it. We did this, stood there with our hands clasped upside down like this, and we did the classical music. But it's called The Twelve Days After Christmas. And it says, The first day after Christmas, my true love and I had a fight. And so I chopped the pear tree down, and I burned it just for spite. Then, with a single cartridge, I shot that blasted partridge. My true love, oh, my true love, my true love gave to me. On the second day after Christmas, I pulled on the old rubber gloves and very gently (coughs) wrung the necks of both those turtle doves. Oh, my true love, my true love, (coughs) my true love gave to me. The third day after Christmas, my mother (coughs) caught the croup. I think I'm there doing it. I had to use the three French hens to make some chicken soup. The four calling birds were a big mistake, for their language was obscene. The five golden rings were completely fake, and they turned my fingers green. (coughs) In the sixth day after Christmas, the six laying hens wouldn't lay. So I spent the whole darn gaggle to the ASPCA. On the seventh day, what a mess I found. The seven swans a-swimming all had drowned. Oh, my true love, my true love, my true love gave to me. The eighth day after Christmas, before they could suspect, I bundled up the eight maids a-milking, nine ladies dancing, ten lords a-leaping, eleven pipers piping, twelve drummers drumming, well... (coughs) Actually, I kept one of the drummers. And then I sent them that the collection. I wrote my true love. We are through love. And I said in so many words, furthermore, your Christmas gifts were for the birds. We did that in a little classical style, and it was pretty humorous. And the, the group that we sang that to really enjoyed it. I'm not sure where we found that, <clears throat> but it was kind of fun. This is not <clears throat> this is not fun. <clears throat> I excuse me, I have got a little tickle in my throat. <clears> throat. Losing a generation on Friday, Christmas Eve Eve we talked about the plea of a heathen asking for us as Christians to start standing up for what is right. I mentioned to you a week or two ago where some guy said, when will the father start blocking the locker rooms from these boys who are trying to pretend to be girls and say, no way, Jose, are you going in there and stripping in front of my daughters? When will these fathers stand up? And other things that they should be doing. When will they stand up? And, of course, we saw the father that stood up when his daughter was raped and they arrested him. And now we're finding out so much more of how those That school board and the head of that school cared nothing about the children. It's time for us to stand up and save the children. He's saying in this, this is Larry Sand, and I got this from American Greatness. School-related cultural upheaval is taking a serious toll on our children. He says it's no secret that the education system's horrible response to COVID, night, to COVID did great damage to our children, and not only academically. A survey released earlier in the year revealed that the pandemic affected students' mental health as well, with 70% of public schools seeing a rise in the number of children seeking psychological services. Also, 76% of schools report the faculty and staff members expressed concerns about depression anxiety and trauma in students since the since the start of the pandemic the pandemic started in 2020 here we are now ending the year 2022 and our children are suffering i attended a school concert and the one age group of band barely had anybody in there and they my son said and his wife that if that's the result of COVID because they said who cares we don't get to play anyway so there was just a few of them that hung in there now this is a horrible terrible thing but I'm still wondering where are the parents to encourage those children it was difficult for everyone everyone old and young alike. We had grandparents passing away all by themselves. But we're losing a generation of Americans. Are we willing to give up our children? Are we willing to, to sacrifice their future for our our selfishness today? I hope not. It's time to right the wrongs and not be a part of the wrongs. You're listening to CST Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. So, losing a generation, you know what that means to this country? But even more important, what does it mean to these children? He says it's not only the response to the COVID that is causing problems with kids. He said from 2009 to 2021, now that's prior, that's before COVID, and then after, the share of American high school students who said they feel persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness rose from 26% to 44%, according to the recent CDC study. This is the highest level of teenage sadness ever recorded. And I put down here, and of course, thinking of what's going on right now, and I would like to see the statistics in this in relationship to divorce. So, when adults fight and argue, it's not healthy for the children. Whether it's the adults as in mom and dad, whether it's the adults as in neighbors, children need adults to be stable. They need to be to have that assurance of safety in their home. And so many times when, when a family goes through divorce, and I'm not picking on divorced people, I'm just saying it's become so commonplace. What does it do to the children? Not only that, but we have so many children being raised by one parent. Whether it's the unwed mother, or the father whose mother walked out or even passed away. I, I think I've shared this with you before. There's a gentleman that's a friend of ours. He goes way, way back. <laughs> he probably doesn't like me saying that. But he, a long time ago, and I've never forgot this, this was long before I was ever in radio. He said, we're going to see a generation of children that are completely confused about who they are because they're being raised by single mothers without fathers what do we see today children that don't know whether they're male or female and parents that are are on that same kick young parents The CDC analysis also revealed that 31, I'm sorry, 37.1% of students experienced poor mental health during the pandemic. And 31.1% experienced poor mental health during the preceding 38 days. Children need to be around people. They need to be around other children. I believe in homeschooling. But homeschooling is not just at home anymore. And I think that's a good thing. They, they partner with other homeschoolers. And maybe this family over here, maybe this dad is proficient in math. He's, you know, he's got his degree in, uh, accounting and he can teach, he can teach that. Or maybe he's a rocket scientist. I've got, I've got a friend who's is, who is a rocket scientist. Well, I say a friend. He's my friend's son. He's a grown man now <clears throat> and he had a little something to do with that last rocket that went up. We're pretty proud of him. But they need to re- interact with other people, with other children as well. So keeping these children home and not letting them see other children and not letting them go to the classroom. You know, nobody <laughs> – did you hate school when you were young?
0: Um Sometimes.
2: <laughs> I don't recall hating it, but I was always glad when summer came. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but I didn't hate it because you know Why? I liked being there with my friends. I made friends in school, and I liked hanging out with them. Yep, there was that. <clears throat> and when summer came and I didn't see them, all I had was brothers. <laughs> my sister was grown and married. All I had was brothers to hang out with. Anyway, they also talks about um, 44.2% experienced persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness, and 19.9% had serious Seriously considered suicide. And 9.0% had attempted suicide. And you see, the economy also, not just, I mean, the lockdowns were something different. But the economy in the last several decades has been so poor. We've been spe- experiencing inflation for a long time, but right now it is purposely done and it is making it really bad. When parents are away from their children and two parents are working it's tough on the kids. It is tough on the children. And if you're a parent and you're not you don't think well I don't believe all this religious stuff. I don't think we should go to you know it's no big deal if we miss church on Sunday. I mean we had a rough week and your children and you both need the Lord. He is our stability as well as our Savior. Now, that doesn't mean things are going to go smooth. He's not going to pay the bills for you necessarily. But you might see a miracle or two come come to be. He goes on and on in this particular article and he talks about the education system and how they've changed and that's one thing that the lockdowns did do all of a sudden parents saw what they were teaching the children and they were not happy those children should those parents should have been involved in their children's schooling before so in that way it was a good thing but we need to gather those children like the like the hen will gather her chicks around her wings and bring them in we need to Secure these children and let them know we love them and we care about them. And it doesn't matter what their skin color is. They are God's children and you love them. But the schools are no longer about building character. Or moral honesty and integrity. Or self-worth. Or determination. They're teaching oppressive they're teaching these children that they are oppressed if they aren't white. And if they're white, they need to feel guilty about the kid that over here that God made another color. They're teaching the ones who are not white that they are victims to every white person. Now, this isn't true. We had an era in this, to- in this country, as all countries did, regarding slavery. But we fought a war against it. And those who are living now are not victims of that. They are victims of socialism. They are victims of people teaching them that they are victims. They can rise above it. It talks about they're teaching equity instead of equality. They're The kids are confused about their gender because they're putting this confusion in their heads. Just because mom and dad told you you were born a boy, that doesn't make you a boy. Oh, really? There's only one way to potty train him, you know? And it's not the same as his sister. They're having satanic clubs in school. You can't have a Christian club, but you can have a satanic school. And they're popping up all over the country. And it says, in Bakersfield, California, a fairly conservative part of the state, mind you, the leader of the after-school club asserted that devil worship shouldn't be a problem, explaining that he felt the need of counter-Christian-based clubs. The evil one lurks and walks seeking whom he may devour if your school is having that I know it'll be tough but you need to pull your child out of that school or you need to pull this club out of that school that's not diversity it's evil pure evil we're losing a generation of children because of the foolishness of the educators it's time the parents brought their children home again. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, (laughs) the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark. and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a Pack Rat. Join the Pack Rat family. Call Pack Rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, Pack Rats. 800-761-3146. 800-761-3146.
1: 761 3146 That's 800-761-3146.
2: Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, 6-piece towel set and Roll and Go Anywhere MyPillows and so much more. Just go to the radio listener specials page at mypillow.com and use promo code BETHAN or call 1-800-978 And we have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. So I have another article that I was going to share with you today. And I thought this was appropriate because of the title of it. CSE Talk Radio is a shortened version of Common Sense Coalition or Common Sense Core um, Conversations. So Common Sense is important, and of course we've all seen, oh, the death of common sense, that little funny that's not too funny, and it talks about his funeral and who showed up and who didn't show up and blah, blah, blah. But common sense seems to be uh, something we uh, don't value as we used to. This is written by Vincent McCaffrey, and he says, he titles it, which I thought was very strange, Suede Shoes, Common Sense and the Failure of Philosophy. He said it is nearly impossible to build a philosophy around why you should not wear suede shoes. It's just a fact. Think about that. He says, when I was a kid, I was always impressed by common sense. Not only because it was easy to comprehend, but often it shed light on so many other matters that were a mystery to me back then. Thus, when we went from Socratic dialogues which made wonderful sense to my teenage minds, to Nietzsche's Genealogy of Morals in Mr. Rock's Readings of Western Thought, class during my senior year of high school. Now, I didn't study that. I don't know. He said, I was lost. I was overwhelmed, in fact, and quickly retreated to Thoreau, and the truth never returned. Though I have read Nietzsche's since, it was only to confirm some particular, never to address the whole, or the whole, and he spells whole two different ways there, as I have come to view it. it's an ab- abs- It's an ab- abyss, dark and bottomless, unenlightened, even by the glowing ember of hell. Sadly, he says, most, not all, of modern philosophy has fallen into that abyss. The reason for this debacle are many, but usually range from some inherent desire of the part of the philosopher having an abandoned the faith of his fathers to create a new religion of his own, or to an adolescent. Emotional. Rejection of history. Mankind has been nasty and brutish, don't you know? And thus, there's nothing to salvage from the past. What a pessimistic attitude philosophy can be. Now, some of this is over my head. I'll just confess. He talks about the philosophical, and he talks about this and that, and what they're teaching in our universities, as my old boss would say, the professors. He says, um, here in the American Heritage Dictionary, the definition of philosophy is the study of the nature causes of or principles of reality, knowledge, or values based on logical reasoning, a system of thought based on or involving such study, the study of the the theoretical underpinnings of a particular field of discipline or discipline. He said, that is not sufficient, I suppose, for the academic philosopher. It is now a linguistic endeavor, or mathematical or political In support of one political faith over another, having replaced religion. Anything but actual enlightenment by glowing embers or otherwise. In other words, they're, they're replacing all their philosophical ideas of utopia or, or displacement of our past. They're placing all their faith in that and not in God, not in religion. He says it is in the realm of our intellect the digest that digest of knowledge made up of experience and learning to judge between the two forces in any circumstance that is the nature of usual philosophy our true intelligence is the balance of judgment that is why a high iq is a poor measure the ability to store and recall facts is not intelligence it is an aptitude. Computers can do that. He says, we have all, we have ready names for that balance of nature prudence, wisdom, good judgment, common sense. I will use common sense more often here as it is one least tied to the academic pursuits. Too heavy a reliance of academic learning as opposed to the empiric is one of the key imbalances that we face today. The reason for that is obvious. Academic learning can be easily tested and graded by other academics. Judgment is not required. But the value of such intelligence is overrated when considered, I can't even say that word, epistemologically. That is why so many academics harbor themselves In universities, safe havens for the like-minded, the real world can be rough on people so imbalanced. They don't understand, this is coming from me, they don't understand prudence and wisdom and good judgment. They don't understand the word common sense. So here we are, he says, with a government run by people who are dangerously imbalanced, most of whom have very little real-world experience. Now, you stop and think about that. This is me injecting here. For instance, he says, Joe Biden has never had more than a summer job outside of government. Like him, most of our politicians have worked the greater part of their lives in government. I think we need to redefine the word work there. Which is juggling of artificial demands against individual career opportunities, and advancement in government. And when expertise is called for, they turn to academics. They have nothing to glean from on experience and common sense. Theories of good and bad are often moral judgments based on philosophies, most of them religious, which have evolved over time from experience. Organized religions have usually taken the responsibility for promulgation Promulgating the source of wisdom. All well and good, he says, but it is difficult to equate such principles to the artificial environs of government and to the hard edges of law where the contest is usually over power. Who has it and who doesn't? Who has the power and who doesn't? I think it's obvious to us today he has he goes on and on in this article. But at the very end, he explains the not wearing the suede shoes. This was advice given by Michael Caine to another young actor. He says never wear suede shoes. And when the man asks why, Caine says because one day you will be famous and you will be standing at a urinal and the fellow next to you will turn and say, "Hey, Aren't you a famous actor? And so goes the suede shoes. It is never really impo- it is nearly impossible to build a philosophy as he said around why you should not wear suede shoes. It is just a fact. It is common sense. And that's what we try to share here is common sense conversations. And hopefully instill in you to bring America home. Home. Oh.